Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So hi, everybody, and welcome to the Wild Ginger Running YouTube channel, live broadcast and subsequent podcast. So today we are talking to an incredible record breaker. This man has run the 2,189 mile Appalachian Trail southbound supported in 45 days, four hours and 27 minutes. It's none other than Christian Morgan. How are you doing today, Christian? Yeah, good. It's really nice to see you again. Good to be back. It's been pretty much a year since we last spoke. So, um, yeah, thanks for having me on as a guest. Yeah, no problems at all. It's great to speak to you and it's absolutely fantastic that you have this achievement under your belt now. We're going to talk today about rocky trails, flooded trails, injuries, miraculously zero blistered feet, um, sleep deprivation and strange combinations of food and a bit of dancing on the Appalachian Trail. But before we start, we just need to let everybody know that this podcast is sponsored by Currens, the 100% natural blackcurrant supplement for trail and ultra runners. Um, Christian here uses it as well. So, um, I'm sure we'll be mentioning it in some point in the podcast, see what he thinks of it. He's going to give you his very honest opinion. Um, but it did win Best Recovery Product Award in 2020 and 2021. And if you don't feel the recovery benefits, you do get your money back. So what's not to like? Um, I've been taking them for about a year. It took me about a whole year to work out whether I trusted currents or not, because I don't usually take any supplements or whatsoever. But I have used them before, during and after three ultras this year so that's every single ultra that I've done and honestly I do feel like currens is a little bit of a, like a secret weapon for me in terms of reducing the joint aches and and the pain in my hips that I usually feel um, especially going down steep hills so um, Christian is sponsored by currens um, as is pro runner Ruth Croft who won Western States last year and UK fellow ultra runner Kim Collison who we interviewed a couple of months back um, so we'll get into your fueling and currens usage within this podcast Christian but first I want to ask you how it felt to take that very last step on the Appalachian Trail after 45 days of running and finally breaking that record how did that feel you know you build up um, uh, an imaginary 
image in your mind of actually what it's going to be like. And it was nothing like that at oh, all. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. What was it like? Uh, well, there were there, there were people there who I didn't know, I guess, you know. And, um, you know, you kind of imagine running up to the, the, the final part and s slamming your hand down and kind of punching the air or something. But I felt a little bit embarrassed, I guess, because everyone was looking at me and filming me and stuff. So... I kind of, I, I guess, if anything, I felt a little bit embarrassed, you know. Yeah, like all the attention suddenly on you in this yeah, big yeah. open space when you've just been like a couple of you on the trail um, every day. Yeah, totally. So uh, it was a little bit anticlimactic. And uh, there's also two finishing points or starting points, however you want to put it, okay. the Appalachian Trail. There's a... I believe it's Benton McKay. Uh, I think he's the guy who conceived the, the Appalachian Trail. There's a plaque of him, and then there's a kind of a white blaze, which is the first white blaze. Oh. So I, there was a bit of confusion on, like, where do I go to? Uh, <laughs> and one of my friends uh, said, it's definitely the white blaze, you know? So, yeah, uh, yeah it was a bit weird. It was, <laughs> I mean, it was great to be finished, but at the same time, you know, it's one of those things you do, you want it to end, but you don't want it to end. So you're conflicted. Yeah, yeah, I can totally understand that. And of course, this is a massive achievement for you because this is the fourth time that you've been on the Appalachian Trail. Is it the fourth time that you've been aiming for a record or is it just the fourth time that you've been involved with um, going all the way along the Appalachian Trail? Yeah, fourth time. So I helped set the record in 2018 and I returned to try to set a record, including this year, every year bar 2020. And that's when I stayed in the UK and uh, broke Damien Hall's record on the Southwest Coast Path. So I've been back repeatedly every year for four years. This is my fourth year running. And I have two finishes on the Appalachian Trail. Last year, I set the second fastest time in the world. And this year, I set the third fastest time in the world but the fastest southbound um yeah because i already hold the south second fastest and then carol has the overall fastest time awesome. so yeah fourth running yeah wow that's amazing and so was it a case this year of just like all the stars aligning or had you learned so much from those previous um those previous experiences that just you were just so able funny. to just float along the trail <laughs> so funny you say that claire like all the stars completely didn't align oh. <laughs> i mean we had to we had one full start you know actually the weather was atrocious uh hikers were getting off trail Tra the trail was being closed down flooding um records were being broken with the amount of rainfall uh so actually i had a start um and i i, I did like whatever it was almost six, 50 something miles day one and then day two after crossing a river which should have been ankle deep and i could have rock hopped across i was chest deep and uh i i saw the guys and i said guys it's like we're not going to break a record it's not the right time of year so no the cloud uh, sorry the clouds didn't align the stars yeah um, the clouds did but the stars did not <laughs> yeah yeah and chucked a load of water down on us uh but as for did my past experience help yeah it totally did i just had the um, strength and the experience to just, uh, and learned so many lessons to just be able to push through all of the obstacles this year. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, amazing. And I'm just wondering, I'm, we're going to get to some of those obstacles in a minute, but how do you train for such a long challenge? Like it's, this is like over 2000 miles. Um, the ascent is like uh, 140,000 meters ascent, um, or like 465,000 feet. Um, like how do you even train for that? What's your average mileage per week? And, or do you just focus on vert? Yeah, uh, yeah, like at last, so each year I've taken the same approach. Uh, I've stayed in Thailand for the majority of the time. I do online run coaching, so I work from Thailand. And I did the same thing this year. I, I went to Thailand, I was up north, um, I'm getting heat acclimatized, uh, I'm in the mountains, so I've got crazy vert. The vertical gain uh, in ratio to the distance is the same as the most mountainous part of the Appalachian Trail in New Hampshire. So oh, I'm getting fab. mountain legs, I'm getting heat acclimatized, and I just run, eat, and sleep. And uh, and then this year I spent time, actually I went to, to, to New Hampshire and actually spent time on the Appalachian Trail itself and did a lot of mountain running and uh, immersed myself, uh, you know, in that, um, but, but the thing is, the really annoying thing is actually once I got to the US, uh, I had two days of sun. I think it was around June and then it was just rainy and cloudy. So I guess that kind of prepared me for what was ahead, but it was a lot more pleasant in Thailand. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So just lots of time on feet and just lots of vert. Yeah. A lot of time on feet, a lot of vert and... Um, and just making sure, I mean, I enjoy it. I really enjoy it. Yeah, I've actually asked myself the question, what if I didn't have the Appalachian Trail to train for? I'd be doing the same thing. I'd be in the mountains, running up to the coffee villages, drinking coffee, making friends with locals and having a good time. That's just, I like to do that. Yeah, that's awesome. And so your job, like that presumably fits around the running, like um, you just have a laptop and you can talk with clients and you can give them training plans. Is that how things work? Yeah, I mean, I have my weekly calls, catch up calls with my uh, clients and I'm sitting in a really nice coffee shop. I've got my laptop um, and it's uh, just how it works. You know, Chiang Mai is a great coffee region. They grow coffee there. So I'm usually enjoying some kind of flat white with oat milk or some black Americano and uh, just, you know, chant to the guys about running. I, I really enjoy it. I genuinely enjoy my life. <laughs> you know, it's nice. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Um, do you have any kids at all? I'm just thinking it would be hard to go <laughs> away for a long time if you had kids. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Um, no, I don't. No children. Uh, I do have a girlfriend, uh, but no children. So in that sense, uh, the guy's record who I broke is pretty famous ultra runner, Carl Meltzer Speedgoat, and he doesn't have any children. Having said that, look at the other end of the scale, like uh, Scott Jurek. You know, he has two children and... Uh, uh, so yeah, people who do these things are, are, are a mixed bag, you know, yeah. not, there's not always one way to do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Definitely. Oh, it's amazing. And I've just seen, um, if, if you haven't seen everybody, take a look at Christian's Facebook page um, and some of the reels that he's made of the trail, because it's absolutely incredible, this trail. It's not just like some kind of smooth path that you're just running along, you just like coast along it's really rocky there's loads of roots everywhere you can't just coast along you have to concentrate the whole time that's the feeling that I got from it so um so yeah like how how do you even manage that after day upon day and presumably you're sleep deprived as well um how do you manage not to fall over 
Actually, I, I actually averaged probably about seven hours sleep each night. Oh, really? That's yeah, amazing. Which was pretty good. Uh, I was kind of quite efficient. I'd, my alarm would go off at four o'clock in the morning and I'd be up and, and out of the, the roof tent within 15 minutes dressed, having drunk my coffee, had my breakfast and I was ready to go. So uh, efficiency, you know, uh, and, and um, it's, I mean, it's tough. I'm not going to lie. You know, it's not easy, uh, but you have to want to do it and you have to believe it's possible. So, you know, I, I, I definitely hold on to the fact I believed I can set a record on the Appalachian Trail and I also wanted to do it. So the times when you don't feel motivated, you have to hold on to the, those set beliefs. Um, and I guess one of the hardest times is you wake up in the morning and the first thing, if you allow uh, to enter your mind is, I don't want to get out of bed. You know, I mean, I bet everyone feels that. Every uh, morning. <laughs> yeah, every morning. Running or no running. <laughs> I don't want to get out of bed. So like, how did I overcome that? I had my clothes in the tent with me, including my shoes. Shoes were on some kind of bag as not to get mud and things in the tent. Uh, but I had everything I needed in order to... So last year when I was doing this, I came out of the tent just, I think, in my boxer shorts and I had to get dressed outside. So the, I just made it as easy as possible for myself to enter the world of what lay ahead, which was 15, 16 hours a day on trail. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, it, it, it's tough, but it's something I want to do and, and I believe I can do it. So. I just, uh, uh, you know, those hard times pass. They really do. Yeah. And did you have somebody with you all the time on the trail? Um, was there somebody who met you every night as well? Yeah, I mean, so it's a supported attempt, but I ran about 2,000 miles by myself okay. and I had runners join me for just under 200 miles. So I was solitary for like whatever that is, 90% of the time. And I enjoyed it that way. It was nice to be just enjoying nature and listening to the sounds of the birds instead of in a conversation all the time or something yeah and then yeah the the as for the, i think the first five nights i slept in the roof tent once i think it was maybe it was more than once tw twice but i was sleeping on trail um i was like i had like a, a through hiking style backpack and i would put my tent sleeping bag and mat in there and you know like um I would camp in the woods by myself just because there were no road crossings where the crew could meet me. So it was a mixed combination of camping out by myself and being met by my support crew uh, each night. Yeah. Oh, okay. I had visions of, you know, like I saw the film Scott Jurek's uh, book and film going uh, north, I think it was called. And there yeah. was like every single night there seemed to be like a big van somewhere. Um, there was like a full cooked meal. Uh, there was massage and pampering. <laughs> so no, nothing like that for you. And um, that makes it even more impressive. Um, yeah. And yeah, but having said that, to be fair to Scott, it was Jenny, his wife, who was supporting him. And I mean, she had to do everything herself. And uh, they did like call upon friends eventually towards the end, but she was like a one man crew, which is amazing. So really shout hard. out to Jurek, that, that takes uh, some going. And so I was lucky, I had my mom who's called Gun Section and Iceman who's 73 years old and the roof tent was on top of his Toyota Tacoma. Cool. So I had a lot of wisdom and knowledge in my experience in my crew, in my corner. 
Yeah, I could have done it without those guys, you know. Yeah, no, that's really good. And and it's like, just a shout out to Scott there. It's really good that you said that about Jenny because they wrote the book together, didn't they? And I just thought that's really nice because so often we recognise the athlete that's done the thing, but actually they couldn't do the thing unless they had this great support team. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it sounds like your te support team was obviously really important to you too. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, you couldn't have done it without them. And, and the times uh, that... There's this saying in Japanese. In fact, so many things come back to me. I was listening to, you know who Anthony Bourdain is? No, I don't know who he is. Oh, he's a famous American chef who did a, uh, like a food traveling uh, program. And, uh, he, and he also writ a book called Kitchen Confidential, I believe. And it was a bestseller in New York. Cool. And I'm a fan of his and cooking in general. So I listened, I found out, his shows on podcast. So eventually, you know, I got, um, you know, just fed up with listening to running podcasts while I was running all the time, <laughs> yeah. you know, and so all the running podcasts, but I just wanted to kind of switch off from that. So I found this and he would travel to different countries all over the world. And it was so cool to listen to, um, his podcast and be transported to South America, France, um, Italy, and all these other countries. There was a, reason i was speaking about him and i've totally forgot what it was now but uh, because uh we were talking about the support team uh yes yeah did they make you something one of your favorite recipes of his or something <laughs> it's it's gone out of my head i don't know <laughs> it'll come to you in about in a few minutes <laughs> all right <laughs> Um, because, yeah, hi, it was this. Uh, I'll put it in. Um, we can write it in the YouTube comments below. Um, so, yeah, so you said there were some obstacles that you had to overcome on, on the way. And, um, and I, I just was looking at your Facebook reels earlier. And, and it, it's incredible the amount of rain that there was. Um, and you said that you had um, got a overuse injury in your right ankle from 16 hours pretty much running through basically a river it seemed um, in Vermont yeah. Um, so yeah tell us a bit about that and how you overcame that oh so I actually have it up on my screen so I can remember the <laughs> road is Vermont route 103 and I did 16 miles that day and uh, eventually I got to the point where I was crawling on my hands and knees oh, wow. I was crying and I said, okay, I hear you, buddy. I hear you, and I'm going to give you a rest. I'm really sorry for pushing you so hard because I was trying to push through this pain. This is, I guess, what ultra runners do, push through pain. But sometimes you come to a dead end, you know, and uh, my, my, uh, I was 10 out of 10 pain just above my – it wasn't my ankle. It was like my right – above my right ankle. And uh, it was through – Claire, have you ever run on sand by any chance? Yes. Yes, yeah, quite hard. <laughs> but you know how the next day all those little um, muscles around your ankles ache because the ground isn't solid and you're using your stabilizing uh, muscle? Yes, I know what you mean. Okay, so my theory is, is that because I ran through mud pretty much for 16 hours one day in Vermont, um, all my little stabilizing muscles just became overused and became really painful. So. After 16 miles on um, a, a route, Vermont uh, 103, in a place uh, uh, I actually got off trail last year as a coincidence uh, when I quit because of pressure, I got off trail and I took uh, the, the rest of the day off and stayed in a hotel, uh, motel, 
and I uh, just gave my body some rest and I wasn't like stressed about it. I told the crew, listen, I'm really excited about seeing what my body can do, but right now it needs some rest. And I got back on trail the next day and eventually caught back up with Speed Goat because I'd fallen behind his record and uh, was able to get equal with him and then get a lead on him. And um, yeah, that was one of the obstacles, but the rain was, uh, it, there was so much rain. I mean, unfortunately a hiker died. So oh, no. yeah, he drowned um, on a river crossing. So, you know, I mean, I didn't really have it that bad. I'm out there volunteer, like I'm, I'm voluntary out, voluntary out there. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm not, you know, I mean, I didn't die and I, family members didn't lose their son or their brother or something. No one lost their boyfriend. So, you know, I mean, it was tough, but it's not as tough as it, it was for that hiker who lost his life. Yeah, you know, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but uh, 100 mile an hour winds over Mount Washington, wow. you know, I was I was almost leaning backwards and getting blown up the mountain, you oh, know. Handy. <laughs> yeah. And that's quite a dangerous, that was probably one of the most dangerous things. Uh, another time I was running through, um, there was an electrical storm and I was with this guy called Matt Hart. And I, I, I started hearing this like vibrating, like a kind of a buzzing noise. Uh -oh. And I'd never experienced that. And Matt's from Colorado and I just turned around and uh, I said, hey, like, what is that? And he said, static electricity. <gasps> wow. So, Round and I just bolted towards Madison Hut, which was the first hut I was staying at in the White Mountains. And I left those. There was a team of four people behind me, and I just, they, they you know, they saw me about five minutes later in the hut. I, I just left them. I was so scared, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes! That sounds really sketchy. <laughs> um, was, yeah. But I can't believe from all of that the pictures of your feet at the end. I'm going to put it up on screen so that people can yeah. see your feet. They look. Yeah. Uh, like considering you've been like wading through water for hour upon hour um yeah. these are christian's feet everybody they look beautiful um let me show you a close-up version of his feet there in the sandals um on top of the flip-flops they look really good christian what how on earth do you do that we've we've got a question from hannah about foot pain um so i think this is a good time to ask it um she says to anyone who does long multi-day things, feet. How do you manage foot pain? I'm not talking about rubbing or blisters or tendons. I'm talking about the pain of being on your feet for days. Um, she did a multi-day 168 mile race in April. Um, and yeah, it, her foot pain was crazy. She couldn't stand still towards the end. She had to drop to her knees instead. She was popping maximum doses of pain meds. Um, yeah. yeah, so she's just wondering, like, is that something that reduces the more you do long things? Um, yeah, ha like, is it just, or is it just something that some people have to live with? What is your take on foot pain, Christian? Well, actually, Hannah, um, congratulations for finishing your 160 mile. That's, that's pretty epic. Yeah, she actually was joint first lady on that. So she did really, really well. Oh, uh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, congratulations. Uh, my secret for foot pain is... So like I had actually, I bought a cheap massage gun um, and, and then I, th I, I threw it away because I bought myself a, um, a Theragun. Oh yeah. yeah, the proper ones. A, a proper one, you know, it cost a lot of money, but really good. And I felt, I found that holding my massage gun sideways, cause I, so I too experienced this deep pain in my feet after every um, 50 mile day last year. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I couldn't get rid of it. And I wanted my crew to like do um, 
almost like a is it is it a pedicure you know like pushing the chopsticks in my feet to the pressure yeah, point. or like that um what do you call it like acupuncture stuff yeah i just yeah. had this really deep pain and the rest of my body was generally okay so in that this year what i did was i got my massage gun and after every day on trail i kind of held it sideways and it moves and it creates a vibrating motion and it loosened up all the fascia underneath my feet. And I would just hold it on the ball of my foot, on the arch of my foot, under each of the metatarsals on the side of my foot. And then on top of that, I would stand and roll on, um, I won't leave the screen, but I've got a, a, a green spiky ball over there on the floor. And I would make sure I massaged um, my feet uh, with the spiky ball and the gun and I didn't have that pain that I had last year so that works for me I don't yeah. know if it's going to work for Hannah but give it a go Hannah um, and see how that works for you but yeah don't point the gun at your foot so it's kind of slamming on it turn it to the side and it creates like a vibration and uh, I believe loosens up the fascia oh, so great. so she could yeah. put that in her drop bag or like whenever she meets her crew um, yeah. or like a um yeah, on a drop bag, but um, then she could take the ball with her and, you know, when she's having a break outside of a checkpoint, just get that out of the bag and, and do a bit of massage. Failing that, yeah, just, I mean, just carry the ball. It's so light and just stop in the middle of the field if need be or wherever yeah. you are and roll out your foot. But that for me totally works. Yeah, that, that works for me. Awesome. Oh, that's great. Um, we've got another question as well from Tracy, who has just joined. So that's amazing. Good timing there, Tracy. Um, I just want to read out another just couple of comments just that are really nice here. Andrea says, um, uh, oh, my, I'd be happy to do the AT in three times that time. That's amazing. <laughs> um, today, she says, hey, he's enjoying the broadcast. Um, Tracy says, um, sorry, she's late. She's here. Hello. Um, oh, and Hannah was watching live. That's fantastic. She says, that's amazing. It's reassuring that others get the pain even over 50 miles um so yeah that's thank you for answering that that's brilliant yeah um and we have got another question from tracy um it's about kit um so she says she took part in an overnight race it was called escape from meriden she had to be self-sufficient so she had no crew and nowhere to like, buy anything overnight so she's just asking you this is probably applying more to training runs maybe than Oh, maybe it is because you you did do like sections um, not supported, didn't you? So, what does Christian pack in his bag? Like food, drink, kit, electrical chargers, medical kit. Um, yeah. Like, how do you keep it as light as possible? Because um, she says most of the items that she took um, she needed in the cold and wet weather, and but her pack was really heavy. She felt like <laughs> she says maybe I didn't need to take the rum. <laughs> did you take any <laughs> rum with you? <laughs> so that's a question uh, from Tracy, who's also what live as well hello to you Tracy hey Tracy actually that would be a good idea I'll remember that a little bit of rum <laughs> yeah just a shot <laughs> yeah it's not gonna be too much uh, yeah I did camp out on the trail many times and left the crew behind and I took uh, so um, yeah a cool company called z-packs uh, have this fabric called Dyneema and so it's a single um, uh, kind of uh, you know, like tents uh, have got double layers. They've got the mesh and then the outside. Um, so this is like one single layer of um, fabric. And it just meant that my tent, I think, was, uh, what was it? It was like, th like less than half a kilogram in weight. Wow, that is very light for a tent. 
So, I mean, it's not cheap to buy this stuff. And then I went for the Uberlite. Um, uh, what's that company called? Who do the Thermarest? Uh, yeah, had an Uberlite Thermarest. Z-Pak's uh, single man tent, single person tent. Uh, again, a light sleeping bag because I didn't need it because it wasn't so warm. So you got to make sure it is an investment and you do have to spend a lot of money, but you want to get this super lightweight stuff. And then uh, dinner for me was a quarter pounder with, with cheese, it was a quarter pound, you know, and some six nuggets. And that was easy to have cold as well. Where did you get that from then? So my crew gave me that as I headed out into the evening. Oh, so, I see. Yeah, yeah, so maybe not as easy to do. But you, I mean, I met some through hikers and they told me that like hamburgers, you know, last for, a, you can buy it in the evening in a town, hike all day, sorry, the evening, and then the next day you could eat it. So you can get those tw a day or so in advance without it going bad. Oh, so you could get two and eat one then and then eat one the next day. Yeah, and there's loads of calories and it packs down really well because it's pretty small and stuff and it's relatively tasty, you know. Uh, and then I had a cold espresso for in the morning in a plastic bottle, which weighs nothing. Uh, so, yeah, you, you do have to be make sure your food is quite calorific, you know, pork scratchings or these things um, and ex expensive lightweight stuff uh, because it lasts and it's lightweight and it's good quality. So that's how I did it, you yeah. know? And then I yeah. used like a Salomon um, pack. Uh, I forget the uh, model, uh, but it was like a Salomon pack. It wasn't the 12 skin, it's the next one up, 25 liter. Uh -huh. And that just worked really well to, 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 to make sure the pack was light as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, so it is worth spending a bit if you're going to be serious about doing these things. And and they last a long time, don't they, if you invest in a, in a good quality one? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I find the cheap stuff. Like I said earlier, I bought a cheap massage gun and it's kind of a waste of money, really. And just get yourself a good one. And, it should, and also then if anything goes wrong, these brands always just replace stuff for free. Yeah. So it's in a, in a, I don't know. I prefer to buy quality and known brands and stuff. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have a, a particular electrical charger that you prefer? You talked about using, like listening to podcasts and things like that. So you must yeah. have had a portable charger. Well, I made sure I had the like most up to date phone with a full battery capacity because these things are important. You know, I mean, this is all part of record attempts. You need your phone um, for directions offline on a map. You, you make sure you've got the right amount of memory capacity so you can store them podcasts or whatever offline as well and uh the the power bank i yeah i just went for i call them lipstick power banks uh because it's the same shape as a lipstick oh yeah i think i've got one um are they called goal zero and they're like um a square but lipstick sized size i mean i mean there's different brands i guess out there uh but i, I think in general the idea was to just boost my phone by 80 percent battery so you know and then if your phone's going to last a day and you and you've got one of these whatever little chargers you can get two days of battery it depends how much you use your phone as well yeah so yeah but you can go lighter than you think you know yeah. uh and just next time, leave the rum at home. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the most important bit, surely. Um, do you take, um, what kind of a first aid kit were, were you taking on those days um, where you were running solo? Oh, I just rub a bit of dirt. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Into my like, <laughs> leg, but, like, you know, no plan. Get some gaffer tape on it. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, no first aid kit. I was, I guess, pretty hardcore. I didn't. If I fell and I cut myself, I just bled until I saw the crew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose you could wrap a buff around it. If you were really yeah. seriously injured, I broke my finger. It's slightly bent. Maybe you can see in the who's ever watching the video. This this one here. Yeah. Uh, my finger. Not yeah. Up. yeah. <laughs> Just sell the tape to, to the one next to it. You know that was last year though. So. Yeah. Uh, you, you just got to make do. Yeah. Uh, maybe in events there's like mandatory kit that you've got to take as well, which does make things a little bit heavier. Oh, but okay. I suppose, yeah, you can um, you can get away with more than you think is the take home there. Um, well, Tracy says um, she'd have to take the vegetarian version of pork scratchings, etc. <laughs> um, and today she says, um, I find moving a spiky ball slowly um, looking for the sore parts hurts so he's he's a fan of the spiky ball for the feet thing yeah. um and andrea says that z packs are seriously expensive but very light though yeah, yeah. so they sound yeah. like the way to go um, yeah the best tense yeah. yeah i said every through hiker on the 80 has either z packs or something similar that's where i learned about them and they yeah. don't want to carry heavy yeah. stuff so I haven't actually heard of them, so I obviously haven't been on the Appalachian Trail, um, but I will look into them now because they sound amazing. Um, yeah. We have got um, a live question from Arlene, um, who is over in the United States. Um, she says, did you have a favourite and a worst part of the trail? What a great question. Yeah, I guess uh, yeah, the worst part of the trail. So, yeah, I mean, the long trail is so tough, and that runs from where it meets, uh, I think it goes up to the Canadian border, but there's a part of the Appalachian Trail that meets the Long Trail. And I forget the distance, but it's it's almost like a prehistoric trail. It's so just difficult, you know, so rocky, so much elevation. And, and it was so wet this year as well. So, I mean, I hate to say that it it, it was my least favorite part of the trail, you know, you're I've, allowed one bit. <laughs> I feel bad saying that. Um, and then my favorite part of the trail, that there is something about being above treeline when you're in the White Mountains and you can just look around and see for miles around you. And uh, that's really special. Uh, but I think my favorite times on the trail were definitely with when I was with my crew at the end of the day. I just felt so fortunate to have the love of these guys you know Iceman and gun section and and so it was the relationships which were um the best part of the experience awesome that's amazing um that your mum was on there as well gun section like 
that would be really cool to have your mum following you. I bet she was so proud as well. Yeah, I mean, proud not just of me, but of her achievement. You know, to go out there and cruise, she's been doing it for like five years now. So, yeah, and finally to get that southbound record and, yeah. you know, get, yeah, so she's she's an amazing uh, crew member and mother as well. She's an amazing person. Yeah, it's a, definitely a group effort, these things. Um, and Arlene um, says she lives in Maryland and it's very rocky, <laughs> so she gets that. Um, and Andrea says that the long trail going through the state is understandably known as the mud. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I fully experienced that this year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and also what I was doing a little bit of internet stalking on you beforehand, as I do with all my guests, and um, you were eating some interesting things on the trail as well. Um, I noticed on one of them you had quite an unusual combination of there was blueberries, there was red currants, and there was salmon in there. Can can you elaborate a little bit on um, on what you ate on the trail? And uh, you've talked about burgers, obviously, but yeah, you talked yeah. about this as kind of coming back to really wholesome foods. So how how did that help you out? Yeah, I just found mixing fruit and uh, meat or fish. Um, you know, as, as a snack, you're getting all these vitamins and minerals in there from the fruit and there's fiber in there as well. And uh, there's also carbohydrates, but it's a non man-made one. And then you're getting the protein and the fats from the meat or the fish. So I'm a big fan, even in daily life, of just chucking, chopping up a load of fruit um, and then chucking some meat or fish in there. And I guess if you're a vegan, you can chuck in some tofu or some kind of protein or even chickpeas. I mean, like who's going to have chickpeas and a, a bowl of mango for breakfast for morning, you know, mango and chickpeas, but Sounds you know what? Nice. Like, yeah. I mean, you can just experiment. And so I definitely tried to take the approach of, okay, I'm having a cold quarter pounder, but at the same time, let's try and get in some goodness to my body. Um, so that was gun sections job. You know, I, I briefed her and she knows from the years gone by that I, I do want to try to put some goodness in my body. Um, and uh, yeah, that's how we went about things. So yeah, yeah. it sounds yummy. Um, and you also um, took some currants on the way around as well. Can you explain a little bit about why you decided to take them with you? Yeah, I got a shout out to Fleur and Scott uh, from New Zealand who um, actually are the, I guess the CEOs or the owners behind currants. Because so what it is, I mean, I didn't even know about these guys until earlier this year, but they uh, have dried currants and and they've put them into a capsule uh so it's not like i mean I'm, I, I'm i don't get paid by these guys or anything seriously it's my favorite supplement because it's dried fruit but not dried fruit as in a dried fig or a date or something we're talking about one pill has the equivalent to a handful of currants depending on how big your hands are i guess and uh yeah so for me it was just kind of cool that I could have my berry smoothie in the morning because I did. Uh, I had like wild main blueberries. Yum. Yeah, and I had about half a pound of those a day, like a full packet. And then throughout the day, I had two of these capsules. So to get that amount of antioxidants into your body, I mean, I'm 46 years old and I feel like I was passing a lot of 26-year-old hikers <laughs> trail and I felt like more energetic more youthful you know I, I really you know I mean yeah I feel good so I'll carry on taking currents you know and um yeah big up Fleur and Scott for the support you know that 
they, uh, like I said, I didn't get paid by these guys. They just gave me free currents, but it works really nice for me. Yeah, yeah that's really awesome. Yeah, and if people want to find out more about currents, um, there is a link in the film description below and in the podcast show notes. So you can go to the website and take a look and see if you want to try some. They usually have like an introductory offer as well. So you can try um, for a little bit of a reduced cost. And also, obviously, if you don't think that it works, you can send it back. So that is very good. Um, I got a tip for people out there, because what I was doing, I was taking all of my supplements, which which wasn't actually many, but I was taking them out of the capsules to begin with, oh, and right. them with water and mixing them up. Ah. So if you want purple teeth, just do that. <laughs> yeah, and a purple tongue. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so concentrated. So in other words, don't do that. Stick to the capsules yeah. and let it open up in the stomach where it should be. <laughs> yeah, they're in capsules for a reason, people. Okay, <laughs> cool. And obviously, um, even though all the stars didn't align, the clouds all aligned, it rained, um, there, was, uh, there was injuries, there was hard times, there was good times, there was bad times. But you did have time to pose for a picture on McAfee Knob, which yep. is on the thumbnail that I've used for this, um, for this broadcast. Um, so it's like a, a high bit of rock jutting out over a high cliff. Um, you had time to pose for a picture there this year, um, but you said that you hadn't in previous years. How did that work out? It's the most photographed part of the Appalachian Trail, um, most iconic part. And a local runner called Tim Lewis, who's also a big fan of photography, um, actually met me at the road crossing with my crew before we went and ran through that section. And like I was running and he was taking all these photos of me, which was really nice. And we're talking about his job and uh, our fathers and life and trail running. And uh, anyway, when we got up towards where McAfee Knob was, he kind of directed me and started saying, run this way, just go this way on the trail. And I thought, OK, yeah, I'll be guided because he's a local and I actually didn't run. I didn't stand on McAfee Knob, you know, last year and, and uh, kind of regret that a little bit. So anyway, he said, OK, and he's telling me how to stand. And like he, he said, like, hold your hands up in the air. Another one you can do is put your hands on your hips and stuff and took these photos. I mean, he's just a friendly guy, not getting paid. Like I didn't pay him or anything. And then I joined him. We started running down the trail and I said, hold on, Tim. Didn't we just kind of come off the Appalachian Trail over the past, like, four or five hundred meters to go on McAfee's knob. And he said, yeah, yeah, but it's fine. No problem. And uh, I, I said, okay. And I carried around behind him. And then something said to me in my mind, Christian, you actually just came off the trail. You ran alongside it, even though it was only like 10 meters gap in between me and the trail. And then you joined the trail. So in a sense, you actually came off the trail, you know? And I said, uh, Tim, I've got to go back, man. I, I, I've got to go back. Yeah. I, all right, see you in a bit. Just wait for me here. And I ran back up. I got on to where I'd got off and I just returned back on the trail. And it was all, like I say, it was a re, I was almost running 10 meters parallel to the trail. But I, I just wanted to be authentic mm. and wanted to be purist. And so that's my story with my cafe knob. Uh, yeah. So did a couple of extra, whatever it was. Extra uh, few meters. So, yeah, yeah. Worth it for that good photo, though. But you don't want to get nobbled by the knob, do you? So definitely good to just go back and just make sure you've got that 100%. <laughs> That's a joke, nobbled by the knob. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, and you also had time for some dancing, I hear. I couldn't actually find any of the reels where you were dancing, which is a great disappointment to me. So I think you're going to have to just do like a tiny demonstration while you sit there um, and explain to us why you were doing dancing on the trail. 
Uh, no demonstrations. <laughs> oh, <Pure spontaneous. laughs> you spoil thought. <laughs> I, I did the Donald Duck dance. Oh, I, I, what is that? Like, You've you know, got to explain that. <laughs> I mean, people have to look for it on Instagram. It, 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 just scroll down. Um, I think I just got to the point where I became so uh, I needed to escape somehow, you know, and I thought by by um, dancing on the trail and filming myself and doing a small reel, because it took no time at all. These were 15 seconds long. Um, it would just give me something to laugh at. And, you know, and then I was reading an article about Warren Doyle in Outside Magazine, and I never knew this about him, but he's the guy who's done the trail 18 times more than anyone else, and he set the first speed record. Amazing. And, yeah, like his co-hikers said that, Warren's really goofy and when he gets out on trail he starts dancing and stuff oh. so it's kind of cool to learn about this folk legend and and find out that he did exactly what I was doing this year and it, so it must be a kind of a normal thing you know to just yeah. dance on trail and yeah have fun yeah that sounds great and did people join in with the dancing or were you just dancing alone yeah I mean there's this even one where I choreographed it with a guy called John Harden and cool. Cody um, I, th I think his last name is Reese. Oh no, no, that's the other, the famous runner. No, Cody. Um, and I said, right, let's do this break dance. So we did this like where we're standing in a line, and I set the phone up, and with this kind of break dance, the break dance music, and then we carried on running and put it out on a reel. So it's all on Instagram. Whoever wants to watch that. Yeah. Excellent. I will definitely be going to Instagram as soon as we finish this broadcast and linking <laughs> people up to that. Um, uh, oh, Arlene's got a couple more questions. Um, she said she missed the beginning of the broadcast. Did he have a trail name? I don't know if we covered your trail name, did we? We covered your um, your uh, mum and your friend. Yeah. Um, but we didn't cover your trail name. What is it? Yeah. So back in 2021, when I joined the through hikers, I had a failed attempt on the AT and then I got off in, got on in Hanover, got back on the trail, did a 500 mile section with the through hikers just as a backpacker. And everyone called me down over because I used to live in England, sorry, Australia. And, and then currently I was living in England. So like down under became down over. Ah. I liked that, you know, uh, but actually this year, last year, Scott Grierson, who raced David Horton in 1991, made a post on the 2022 uh, Facebook page for through hikers that, oh, Captain Morgan is uh, going to go for the record attempt on the trail. So last year, every time I ran past a hiker, they were saying, oh, you captain. And people would say, captain, oh, my captain, like in Dead Poet Society. Oh. So. So, yeah, I became the captain, uh, and then this year it kind of stuck as well. So, cap captain is my trail name. Ah, okay. Oh, it's nice that you have two. You could be Captain Downover, maybe. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, funny. I never thought about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Phil is impressed with your dancing, by the way. Trail running Phil says, let your crazy out. <laughs> um, and um, and Andrea wants to know how long it took you to get through the, the Mahusik Notch. What's that? Sounds yeah, incredible. Music Notch is the uh, most difficult part of the entire Appalachian Trail. Um, and it, I mean, it's really tough, actually. Uh, and I was tired that day, come to think of it. I struggled and it was a bit wet, so the rock was slippy. Is it, it actually, really rocky, that bit then? How, what's it uh, like? Climbing. And uh, you, people who have dogs often struggle to get the dogs through there. So it's just this area where there's large boulders sometimes the sizes of um small 
cars and trucks. I think I, mean, I remember that from Scott Jurek's video North. I think he got his pole stuck and he had a bit yeah. of a like a paddy about it and he was really upset that he'd had a paddy about it. But it's just like you're on like, you know, you have had hardly any sleep. Of course, you're going to be upset that your poles got stuck in there. Okay, yeah, so that sounds like the same place. I mean, it's really tough. How long did it take me? I mean, I, I, you know, I feel bad, but I didn't really time myself. You know, <laughs> actually, one of the things I did on the trail was I forgot about time. You know, I didn't really look at my watch for time, and and uh, I, I just tried to tune out of that. Um, I measured things by sunrise, sunset, um, and then just, uh, you know, whether it was sunny or whether it was raining or, you know, they tried to avoid time or things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that sounds heavenly. Um, and um, uh, and uh, Arlene also wants to know where were the biggest crowds? Uh, was it really crowded in certain areas? Uh, yeah. So I was starting out as a lot of the hikers were finishing um, because I started quite late in the year. Uh, I think it was August second. So. Uh, yeah, I guess coming down um, into like the no most northern states because all the through hikers are finishing their hikes. But as I started to get into Virginia and further down south, I mean, I was on trail by myself all day. You know, um, I didn't see many people. Yeah. So mo the most northern states were the busiest part. But that's not meaning that next year, if you want to go and hike the AT, it's the case. There's this thing called the bubble. And it's where the majority of hikers are at any given one time. And there's a website you can look, uh, AT Bubble, and you can find out where the hikers are. So. Oh, cool. And so. how do they know that? Do they all have a GPS on them? Or is it just where they've signed all the books and someone works it out? Yeah, it's not the books. It's not a GPS. Uh, I mean, I really don't know. Someone is collecting data from somewhere. I mean, everyone, reg everyone I guess, on that page has registered to hike the AT. Um, and they know what month they started and maybe what they're doing is they're saying, OK, let's say it takes the average hiker six months um, at, at three months. They're going to be at the halfway point. That could be an algorithm, yeah. you know, that, yeah. way, that oh, way to do it. Gosh, it's a long time if you're going to hike it, isn't it? Now you want, no wonder you want to run it. <laughs> um, well, this is brilliant. And um, congratulations, because you just took 18 hours off Carl's record from 2016. And also, um, you've been too modest to mention this on here, but you are actually in contention for FKT of the year. There's a form that we can we can sign you up to, um, to, to nominate you for FKT of the year. So I'm going to yeah. put this link into the YouTube description and to the podcast show notes um so everybody please nominate christian for fkt of the year because you know it sounds like he's had an absolutely brilliant time um and it's been many years in the making so um that's really kind of you claire thank you i mean i totally forgot about that and uh i think i asked some family and friends can you vote for me but yeah anyone listening out there if they in, found any value in this kind of stuff yeah go ahead and vote it doesn't have to be for me whoever your favorite fkt was but um, I, I wouldn't, um, you know, I wouldn't argue against if you vote for me. <laughs> well, you can vote for more than one person, I think, on there. So you can, and I think you can vote as many times as you like. So just go on there, type in Christian's name, and then see if there's anybody else that you want to support. So I've already voted for you, Christian, so I'm done. Oh, that's, <laughs> thanks. Um, and so that brings us on to the question of, of what might be next. I know, like, you might be a bit knackered still because you only just finished it in September. Uh, but Arlene wants to know, are you going to be trying any other trails in the US? Like, what about the PCT, which I believe is the Pacific 
Crest Trail or Coast yeah. Trail, which I can't remember. Crest, Crest. crest. Okay, right the first time. Yeah, no, I'm an Appalachian Trail Specialist. Uh, I'm going to go back to the AT next year. Uh, this will be like my fifth attempt. So yes, I got the southbound record, but my goal has always been to get the overall record. And, uh, you know, they uh, say second is is first loser, which is... Oh, no. <laughs> I know. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm 46 years old. I, I got the second fastest time last year. I got the fastest southbound um, this year. I mean, I'm so close to breaking that record. And and uh, with all the experience each year, I gain a little bit more knowledge and I become a little bit more confident and start to learn what it entails to be able to achieve this. So I'll be going back to the AT next year. Um, and uh, yeah, if uh, anyone wants to help make this happen, go and visit my Instagram, hit the link for our GoFundMe and they, they can, I'm also doing it and my father died last month. Aww. So yeah, Claire, I'd like to dedicate this episode to my father, Roger Morgan, actually, um, a great man who was able to live long enough to hear about our success on the Appalachian Trail. Yeah congratulate me and uh he had a three-year battle with cancer so i'll be going back out there next year in his memory uh to yeah just i mean one i love the appalachian trail and i'm getting close to breaking that record but two in honor of my father as well because he's a great man you know like uh hopefully everyone loves their family and you know yeah, uh, yeah that's a lovely thought to do it in dedication for your dad yeah yeah, yeah. We all remember Roger Morgan. Like, will you take a photo of him, like along for the ride with you, and you know he'd be there with you all along yeah. the way. Yeah, I mean, actually, one of the great things about being by yourself for 15 hours a day is you're able to explore your memories. So, um, I had some pretty profound experiences this year where I was able to go in and um, just remember what it was like to be living um, at my nan's house, my grandmother who passed away, and I could smell. I could smell the room. I, I could f feel the carpet under my feet. And so I'll use that time to go in, uh, into the past and, and recall memories of special trips with my father, which would be nice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is he the one that got you into running and the outdoors in the first place? Along he's with he's your a mom? musician. He's an artist. He doesn't understand why running at all. Like, he's, <laughs> he's like, yeah, he, he supports it, but he's got no idea why I do this stuff. Yeah. Oh. Oh, that's so lovely. Oh, I'm so, really sorry to hear about his passing away. Um, but it does sound like you have a great way to remember him in what's coming next. Yeah, thanks, Claire. So, yeah, back to the AT and 24 and going to go northbound. And I'll be the first person in history to attempt uh, northbound whilst holding the southbound record. Oh. And uh, the only person who could actually attempt that next year is Carol Survey because he has the north record. Um, so otherwise it would be a two-year project. You'd have to get one direction, then the other. So if I get that record, I'll be the only person ever in history to do that. And I think that's pretty cool to go, the AT double. You yeah, know. yeah, that sounds incredible. Um, yeah. I'm sure we'll all love to follow along. Um, where can we follow you to find out more about your adventures and, of course, the Donald Duck Dance? Yeah, I mean, go to Instagram. My name's spelled with a K. It's Christian and then the word ultra. And that's it, Christian Ultra. And uh, go and visit Instagram. All the links are there. You know, anyone who's interested in coaching, uh, go and check out my website. It's linked in the little bio at the top. You know, Instagram lets you have different links. Uh, go fund me, you know, to try to 
um, make this happen next year is there as well. And uh, yeah, the Donald, the most important thing of course, the Donald Duck dance. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. For that, and you'll see me and this other guy who's wearing a bicycle helmet. He was trail running with a bicycle helmet. And when you find the picture of us on a reel with that guy, and we do this Donald Duck dance, so. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> well, I'm still very disappointed that we haven't had a sneak preview here on World Ginger Running YouTube channel, but that, at least that means everybody will now be piling onto your Instagram account. <laughs> um, people have really enjoyed it. We, I, we will yeah. just have to have a parting word from the sponsors of the podcast, Current. Yeah. But after that, I'll just read you out some really nice things from. Um, oh, you've got. You seem to have gone. I'm here. I'm, I'm back. Hopefully, sorry. Oh, um, I can I see a seat. <laughs> uh, Oh, I'm um. So hold on one second. It turned disconnect. I turned my phone on. Oh. Okay. Oh, it Am might I have connected now? to the phone. Um, it did, yeah. So yeah, I think I might need to turn my phone back on. Uh, let me just get the phone and uh, and I'll come on that way. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's okay. a, a bing Am sound. Um. Yeah. I'll okay. I'll read out some um uh, nice things from your um from patrons. Um. Oh, we seem to have completely lost Kristen, uh, Kristen, Kirsten, I've written, <laughs> I've written Kristen by accident on my notes and I've just said Kristen. I just called you Kristen, Christian, for, by accident because my autocorrect on here is just you hear me now? going wrong now. Uh, yes, but I just called you Kristen um, in a, in a no, moment Kirsten. of panic. <laughs> yeah, I called you Christian and then Kirsten in a moment of panic because I spelt it wrong here. It's autocorrected. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, Christian is back with us now. Um, and I will read out some uh, little nice things from the people who are watching. Um, but first, I'll just um, have a parting word from our sponsors before we bid you good afternoon. So this podcast is sponsored by Currens, which is the 100% natural blackcurrant supplement for trail and ultra runners, like Kristen here, and also myself, obviously not quite as elite. But my next race is the arc of Attrition 50 down in Cornwall. So I will be taking my Currens with me to help me recover from the aches and pains of ultra running. Um, and I feel like I'm going to recover quicker um, with them too. Um, so let's just read out a couple of things from the patrons um, who are saying, Arlene says, so inspiring. Good luck in the future. Um, Andrea says, good luck next year, Christian. And uh, today she says, good luck with the southbound attempt. Oh, he means the northbound attempt, I mean. Um, okay. Awesome. So thank you so much, Christian. It's been my pleasure. Yeah, thanks, Claire. Like, always nice to uh, come and talk with you and uh, be on your channel. Yep. Awesome. Thank you very much and goodbye, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 